0: Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. We believe all women lawyers deserve to be wealthy women lawyers. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm, so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm so excited for you to be our guest today. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. I'm Davita Frederick, and I'm here today with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Steve Gordon. Steve Gordon is the CEO and founder of Unstoppable CEO. And I've had the pleasure of working with Steve over the last few years. He and his brilliant team helped me start my podcast, the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast, and manage that for over, I think we're into our third third, going into our fourth year with this podcast. And he's also been the guy to help me get these two books written and published through his publishing company. Right
1: back there somewhere.
0: There there you go. There you go. And so today I want to, I'm so so excited to have him on because I want to talk with you guys about uh, what it's like to write and publish a book. And Steve has a lot of expertise in this because he is a five-time author as well as the founder of his own podcast. And so I'm excited to introduce him to you guys and we're gonna have a wonderful conversation today. If you've been thinking about writing a book, then you definitely want to listen up. Hi, Steve, welcome.
1: Davina, thanks for having me. This is exciting. We get to actually talk on a podcast. Normally we're, we're talking you know, behind <laughs> the scenes about things.
0: Right, right, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. We, I actually had you on before, and at that, in that first one, we talked about podcasting because it's been such a wonderful tool, both for you and I in growing our businesses. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't thank you enough for helping me kickstart the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast and manage all that because there's a lot to a podcast that people don't realize it goes on behind the scenes. But today I really want to focus on the books because I have a lot of women law firm owners you know, kind of have that on their wish list that someday I'm going to write a book, or I think I might write a book. So let's, let's talk about that and share some insight from them, especially from somebody who's written five books. What, what prompted you to go down that path to begin with? What made you write your first book, Unstoppable Referrals?
1: So I, I wrote that in 2014, and it theoretically is book number three but the first two ended up in the trash can. Um, <laughs> like and yeah, I mean, you can relate to the struggle, right? It, it's really difficult to try and, and encapsulate all of your knowledge, all of your wisdom into a book. And at the same time, it is the single most powerful way to demonstrate to your future clients your expertise and prove that you are the expert that you claim to be. And I think that's become more and more important. I mean, every industry is commoditized now. Law is no different. Um, you know, it came to the professions late, but it has hit them full force. And, um, and, and so if you want to stand out, you really need to be the one that wrote the book and, um, and, and wrote the book for your specific type of ideal client and in their specific niche and, um, and when you do, you end up being the only one. And, and that's what really motivated me to want to write the book. I was, you know, I, uh, as you know, I, I live in Tallahassee, Florida. We're not a large city. I think we're like the 11th largest market in Florida, which means we're not a big place. Um, we were a little one and a half person marketing consulting firm. It was me and, and a part-time assistant, and we had a handful of local clients and I had a bigger vision than that. And I knew we were doing really great stuff, but I didn't have a way to get that message any further beyond what we were doing. And the book gave me a way to do that. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, what happened when we, when we launched it, cause it was really, I still think back and it's like astonishing how quickly it, it transformed things. But, um, but it, it's just a, for me, it is the for any professional, it is the number one way for you to go out and demonstrate your expertise and create the credibility that the clients want. It gives them the confidence to hire you because you, you become a known quantity because you've written a book.
0: Right, right. I actually, even though Tallahassee is my hometown, for people who don't know, I was uh, spent the, most of my childhood there and uh, I've been in Central Florida now for 30 years, but I actually met Steve because I discovered his book and I read the book and I thought it was, it was great. He had some ideas in there that really struck a chord with me and I kept it for a while. And I thought, and then I began to follow him, you know, stalking online, all those things. (laughs) And eventually that led to an opportunity to have a conversation with him. I reached out to him and, you know, the rest is history. We've been, you know, working together now for a number of years. And, uh, tell me, I want to hear about this transformation of your business and so tell me what that first book did for you. And, and then I want to dive into like your second, third, fourth, and so forth. So tell me what, what that first book did for you just kind of immediately within that first sure. couple of years.
1: So I, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, the average nonfiction book sells 300 copies in its lifetime, in its lifetime. And I thought, well, if I can do more than that in the launch, then I'm going to be off, you know, and on the right foot and heading in the right direction. And um, I had a podcast um, before the book, uh, a different one than what I have now. I ran that for about a year. I'd interviewed about 50 people, um, other marketing consultant type people. So basically, competitors. I mean, if you think about it. Uh, but in different parts of the world, some in the U S some in, in Europe uh, one or two in, in like New Zealand, Australia, uh, because it's just such a great tool. You can connect with people anywhere in the world. Right. And because I'd interviewed them, I built relationships with them and I stayed in touch. And, um, and so two years later, the book is, is ready. Uh, it didn't take me the two years to, to write it. We can talk about how we write them really quickly now, but um, I, I was ready to publish the book and I, I went back to the, the people that I'd maintained relationship with. And out of the 50, 15 agreed to help me share the book and they were going to share it with the people in their network or in their audience. Some of them had really big followings and some of them had tiny little networks that they shared it with. And, um, and so it was, uh, the second week in July in 2014, I happened to, time it perfectly. We, we had a family vacation planned and we were in Costa Rica the week of the launch. I don't recommend taking a vacation during the week of your book launch. Um, it was a little harrowing trying to check the numbers on a dial-up connection from Costa Rica. Um, but we, uh, we launched it and um, within about a week, 5,000 people had grabbed a copy, a little, little more than that. It was about 5,268 had grabbed a copy now to put that in perspective leading up to that we barely had a thousand people on our email list total and so that i mean you know if if in a week you can five x your impact and will everybody do that no of course not but the thing that we see again and again and again is that it is a multiplier and it's a fast multiplier for for most people um you know, and, and so we doubled that year, we doubled the following year, we, we've grown every year since, um, all on the back of that first book, and then the subsequent ones have, have certainly helped. But, you know, if, if you can get one out there and in the world and consistently promote it, uh, that's usually all you need. We still get clients. In fact, just, just in the last week, we've landed two new clients who both got the book more than five years ago. Got that first book more than five years ago, and uh, one one guy was telling me he's like, "I just love the approach. I've followed all your stuff for all this time, and you know your your book is on my bookshelf, and it's um, I've moved four times, and it's moved with me four times. Now, what other marketing or sales piece can you create that someone will move with them?
0: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the thing. One of the things that I think convinced me is that in your book, you talk about, you you talk about referral kits, like creating a referral kit and there's different kinds of referral kits, but a book is one of the best referral kits because you mentioned in the, in, in your approach that, you know, first of all, who get who passes out business cards anymore? Nobody, but it used to be the thing everybody was passing out business cards and you say business cards can easily wind up in the trash or they wind up, If you're like me, I had a basket, and I would throw business cards in it. And I would never look at that basket and those business. And I would say one day, I'm going to scan all these into my CRM and all of that. But I would just put things And then every few years, I'd go through and I go, Oh, this person's not even in business anymore. And I'd be throwing things out, right? So, but most people, you know, like, you'll also find business cards in the bottom of your purse, from somebody you met at a networking event, you know, but Business cards are so easily disposed disposed of. But a book is something that people it has value. And people tend to keep it. I have, even though I have an enormous amount of books on Kindle and I use Audible, I also have three very full bookshelves in my office plus. A coffee table shoved shoved under my desk with stacks of book books on it, right? Because I'm a if you're a, a collector of knowledge and information, and you want to learn how to be at your business. You're always looking for a good business book, and you're always looking for that little gold nugget that you can get out of that book. And if you get a book and you're like, I don't have time to read it right now, but one day I'm going to, and I'm going to get that gold nugget, and you, so you hang on to the book because one day you're going to have time to read the book, right? Now you had a very interesting story where you said that there was you had a, a someone who kept the book on their nightstand for a couple of years, <laughs> planning to read it. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so um, this guy from the UK books an appointment on my calendar. Um, I've never never met him, um, you know, never heard heard from him prior. He gets on the the Zoom call and. Um, and, and he starts off by saying, I'm a little embarrassed, but I've never read your book and I'm not going to, and I'm like, okay, well, this is an interesting start to a conversation. Um, but he, you know, he said it in, in that British accent, so which all, always sounds, you know, polite and intelligent. And he said, you know, uh, a buddy gave me a copy of your book a couple of years ago. It, and I stuck it on my nightstand I had every intention of reading it. And it's just been sitting there and I've never read it but I need what it says on the cover and your name is on there and your website was on there. And I just finally decided I wasn't ever going to do it myself. I needed help. And you're my guy.
0: Oh, uh, See how powerful is that, that, that story alone was hu- hugely persuasive for me in writing a book because I, I can relate to that. I mean, I've read, you know, I I've, I've bought books that I really have every intention of reading, but because I'm such a voracious reader I'm always buying there's always more books, you know, that I'm buying and and new some new shiny thing, and not being able to get to reading it, even though I have the best of intentions. And so I love that story because that shows how I think a lot of people have fear around, well, if I write this book and I tell people my secret sauce, which is what you did at Unstoppable Unstoppable Referrals, you basically laid out the plan this is how you you mm-hmm. want to get more referrals for your business this is it a b c d you know and you lay out the plan that is a a very powerful story because a lot of people have fear around well if i lay out the plan then why will anybody hire me so t- let's talk about that a little bit because i'm sure you've heard a lot of people say say that to you when they're thinking That's about, the,
1: right, and they're sort of with the number one question is it Yeah, it's the number. In fact, with uh, a new client we just onboarded yesterday, that was the first question he asked: "Is where where's the line? Where where do I go between teaching them everything I know and holding things back?" And you know, there are a couple of ways that we kind of get around that. And and one is that for most of the people listening to this, you have invested a tremendous amount of. Time and energy and money in mastering your practice of law. And, and I don't care if you're just day one out of law school, you're uh, what is law school? Three years? So you're, you're at least three years ahead of everyone else in the population, and probably more than that because you were really focused yeah, for okay, three okay. years. We
0: take the bar exam, all that. So, all told from LSAT to bar exam, it's usually a, a four year process
1: pretty much. Right. Yeah, and and so you have at least a four-year head start, but probably more than that because very few people would be as focused as you were through law school on that singular pursuit of knowledge. There is no possible way we could summarize everything that you know at this stage in a 100 to 150 page book. We probably couldn't summarize it all in a 500 page book or a 1000 page book. So you can't give it all away if you wanted to. It's impossible. And clients aren't looking for that. I mean, particularly with the professions with, you know, law and medicine and and the others, clients don't want to learn how to practice law. They just want to know that you understand their issue, that you've deeply thought about it and that you can show them that you've deeply thought about it and that you have a process in place to solve their issue.
0: Right, right. I once had a conversation with somebody who's who said, you know, when you're creating content of any kind, there is tremendous value in just articulating the problem and really giving clarity around the problem. So even discussing a problem and consequences of not taking action, it, it has value, but you start getting into, you know, what what something is and why somebody needs to pay attention to it that has tremendous value you don't have to get into all the nitty-gritty of the hows now in both of my books I do go in a little bit into the how and how to do things but like you said it was really hard I mean I'm very verbose as anybody who knows me knows and uh you it was hard because you were helping to corral me and say do you know we need to make this shorter we need to make it because I wanted to put everything I knew. You know, once you start talking about something, you go, you know, the temptation, especially for attorneys who think in terms of rules, exceptions, exceptions to the rules, we want to put everything in because we feel like you have to have a complete picture. And so even in my marketing book and in my systems book, I wanted to go into detail. And I did go into some detail, probably more than I should have. But that can also be overwhelming for people. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when we're thinking about writing a book, we're thinking, why do you tell them everything? Because they need to know it all because there are exceptions to things. But that can also really overwhelm people and cause them to not take action of any kind, right? Because they feel like, uh, I just, they feel paralyzed with that. So you kind of have this philosophy of, Airplane, what I, what what we call airplane books, right? Where you can read it on a flight from point A to point B, an hour, 90 minutes, something that you can read on a flight, a couple hours maybe. And that is really different from what we've seen in the past. Even with my, my first two books are probably closer to 200 pages. Uh, the third one that we're working on is going to be a lot shorter than that. And part of it is, is because, like we said, people don't have the time these days, especially if you're already a successful business person and you're just wanting to get, you're wanting to get a little bit of an edge on something. So talk to me about how you came to realize that, because I know Unstoppable Referrals is a larger book, but each of your books have kind of got a little bit more concise <laughs> as you've gone along. What made you realize that that was... A
1: change that you needed to make? Well, um, the the nightstand story is one. I mean, here's a guy who wouldn't read 150. I mean, Unstoppable Referrals is about, I don't know, 35, 36,000 words, 150, 160 pages. It's not a really long book, um, but here's somebody who could have been helped that wasn't. Now, ultimately he was, right? And it worked out because he came and worked with us. But um, I, you know, what really did it for me is a few years ago, um, we had a client come to us who had already written his book. He had an award-winning book in his industry. Like it literally had won, um, you know, like the top book award in the industry. And he had been trying to market it and use it as a tool to attract clients to his consulting business. And it hadn't worked. And he was so frustrated. He tried everything that you could think of, every tactic you, you could imagine he would tried. And people would get his book, but they wouldn't go any further than that. And it, it really took me a little while. I, I, studied, I would study his book, and then I'd look at other ones that either clients of ours or mine or other books that you know by other authors that were just working really well for them, and it, it finally hit me one day that he had written a textbook, and the all the books that had been really successful at driving new business were not textbooks; they were what I now call a transformation book, and his textbook had everything in it, in the kitchen sink. It had all the detail. It was like 400 plus pages long. Wow. Yes. Uh, and it was really good. It was really good, but it was dense. Yeah. And his target was, you know, VP of sales. That was his target client. So here's someone who, um, probably isn't super technical. And this was a little bit technical. Probably doesn't have a lot of time, you know, will look at a 300 page book and go, Yeah, that's really great. I'll get to it. And then never gets to it. And, um, or looks at it and reads it and gets a third of the way in and goes, This is really complicated. I'm overwhelmed, as, you know, to your point. And ultimately, that's the conclusion I came to was that that book was never going to drive business for him because it, it was thorough and it was a good book. It won awards, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't describing the transformation that could happen, and not, it wasn't doing that successfully. And when I looked at the books that had been most successful, they described the path from from point A to point B, from suffering to redemption, from problem to you know a better, brighter future after the solution is Mm -hmm. deployed and and so that's really what we've come to focus on with our clients is creating that kind of book and and that doesn't need to give the reader every little detail and how it's solved they just need to see that here's a problem that they 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 have. And, and sometimes they don't know that they have it. I mean, sometimes uh, you mentioned it, the most valuable thing you can often do for someone is identify for them a really big problem that they're unaware of,
0: you know, or that
1: they, they only maybe minimally perceive as a problem and, and show them no, no, no. Here's the real consequence of this. If you don't do anything you know, and, uh, and, and giving them that can sometimes save a person's life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about the sort of, when you brought up, this was a very technical book. It reminded me of the conversation we had when I was writing the Wealthy Woman Lawyer's Guide to Marketing in the Virtual Age. And my temptation coming, you know, being a professional writer and then being an attorney, was wanting to like do citations and footnotes and all of that kind of thing. And one of the things that you said to me, because I knew attor- other attorneys would be reading it, right? And so I had that just sort of, you know, like I need to cite this source or cite that source or whatever. And one of the things that you said to me is like really what we're talking about here is your point of view and you're wanting to share your point of view. And you showed me a lot of very popular and famous business books that were around transformation and mindset and said, this book has zero footnotes in it. It has zero, you know, it, it is this author's point of view about something, right? And I do think a lot of attorneys w- would get caught up in feeling a need to make it like, um, like a brief or a law a a law review article, right. (laughs) For a law review journal. And I know you've worked with some attorneys. What kinds of things do you say to them to sort of help them understand that this is a different type of book with a different audience?
1: Well, again, it kind of goes back to this idea as a textbook. So all of your law textbooks had references on every page, probably dozens, Um, but really what you're writing is a marketing piece and it's a good marketing piece and it's going to be intelligent and thoughtful, but you don't necessarily need to have every every claim that you make referenced because some of these are just your assertion of the best way to do things. You know, every professional I know who owns their own firm does so because they were once at a firm and they went, you know what, the guy that has his name on the door or the gal that has her name on the door doesn't know what the heck they're doing and I can do it better. I have my way, right? So your book is really an expression of your way. And so you are the reference. Uh, does that mean we don't reference anything? No, of course not. Sometimes it, it really can help bolster your case to have third party proof. And so often if there's a relevant study or, uh, you know, someone else has some data that will back up a claim that you're making. Yes, it lends credibility to having that. But we've we've certainly published books that were uh, that were devoid of all of those things. Um You know, we don't always, but again, it's a a representation of your opinionated worldview. This is how you see the world and how you solve the particular problem that you solve for clients. And what the client is most interested in is one, that, that you understand the problem that they're facing, that when they read the beginning of that book, they go, oh, she gets me.
0: Right, right, right. So let's talk about themes and sort of ideas for attorneys. Of course, there are many attorneys in many, many different fields. And one of the uh, things that a lot of my clients would say to me when we're talking about they're asking my advice on a book. Um, what well, what do I write about? Like, what is my what do I what's, you know, in my field? What do I write about? And to. To discuss how somebody might share a point of view in a practice area, one thing that came to my mind is like if, you, if you're a family law attorney and you have a philosophy or a belief that family law matters don't belong in the courtroom. And so you practice collaborative law and collaborative law is, you know, for those of you who don't know, collaborative family law you're basically agreeing, all parties are agreeing not to take this thing to trial. If they, if the parties ultimately decide to take it to trial, they have to hire all new lawyers. That instead, there's a team of people that are going to jointly help this couple separate in a way that doesn't involve going through court. So a lot of people choose to do that because they have children that they are afraid will be, and negatively impacted by taking something to court. So if you have a strong philosophy around why we need to keep uh, family law cases out of the courtroom, that's that can be a great sort of topic if you're a collaborative family lawyer. On the flip side, if you're a family lawyer that believes that you should, uh, I often will, will see uh, women, particularly when I was practicing family law, um, walk away from relationships and walk away from assets and financial, you know, uh, you know, things of value, financial value because they just wanted to get out of the relationship and it really negatively impacted their future because they just walked away from years of savings or from a house, anything that they had built as a couple of that value because they just wanted to get away. And so If you're that attorney, you might you might have a philosophy that you cannot afford to walk away from that at this stage in your life. And so we need to fight for that. Right. So you find your everybody has beliefs around it, especially if you've been practicing for some time and you've seen a lot of cases, you have strong beliefs. And I know because I have a lot of conversations with women attorneys. So I know you guys have strong beliefs. And so it is that is looking at sort of that philosophy. And I know a lot of people will look for book ideas in sort of explaining the basics to clients. Right. So if you're a a estate planning lawyer, you realize that a lot of people don't really understand what a will is and how it's different from a trust. And they think only rich people need them. And so you may write a book, even though there are thousands of books out there that talk about estate planning. You may write a book. That is still goes over the basis of estate planning, because even though there are thousands of books out there like that, there are going to be a lot of people coming to your office. And I know, you know, because every week you are meeting with them (laughs) who they're not reading, you know, they haven't read that book, but you can give them your book. Right. And they're going to so appreciate that you took the time to explain that to them without sitting explaining it to them and charging them by the hour to explain it. Right. And so that alone is going to get them to hire you to handle their stuff because you did the favor of educating them. So there are all kinds of different things. What kind of processes do you go through when you're helping your clients sort of come up with their topics? Because I imagine that you get a lot of those questions like, well, Steve, what do I write about?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we well, we, we go through a process where we first want to understand who the ideal client is. So who Who's the person they're trying to attract that is going to read the book, and then what are the the challenges that they're facing that would cause them to seek out that particular attorney, and uh, and really understanding what those problems are, what the consequences of those problems are, uh, is the the starting line for figuring out what should go in the book because. This isn't so much about beating your chest and and saying how great you are as an attorney. It's about identifying where your future client is really struggling. You know, if you think about their journey, um, you and I know from marketing, the idea of the buyer's journey in in the profession. So my background is engineering. Before I started helping other professionals with marketing, I I built a, a multi-million dollar engineering consulting firm. And we don't talk about in the professions, we don't talk about the buyer's journey.
0: Right.
1: Right. You know, because right. they're clients, they're not buyers. Well, they are buyers. And, you know, the buyer's journey has stages. Um, and it begins with someone who is unaware that they have a problem, you know, and then the next stage is that maybe they're aware that they have a problem, but they're not aware of any solutions. And then they become aware of solutions to their problem, uh, but they don't know about you wow your specific solution. And so then they become aware of your specific solution and the final stage is that they're called brand aware. They're aware that 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 you offer the solution that you're the right one for them, basically they're ready to write the check. So every buyer goes through these stages and if you think about where they are before they walk in your door and you can empathize with them kind of and, and by that I just mean put yourself in their shoes. What are the questions that they have? What are the things that they're worried about? Particularly for attorneys, you're dealing with people who are almost always at a point in their life where they have a problem. I mean, unless they
0: wouldn't be calling you. They wouldn't be calling you to make an appointment. Nobody makes an appointment with an attorney for fun. Like, even though we're fun people, nobody does that for
1: fun. (laughs) You are fun people, and the so my business attorney is the only one I ever call usually when something really good is happening. Hey, we, in fact, we did it in January, have a new opportunity. I need some agreements. Right. And that's fun. But most everything else is like, Oh, I have a major problem and I'm now going to interact with the law and I better have help. And Mm -hmm. if you can kind of get into that mode and empathize with them, and then, take them through that journey of educating them about their problem, walking them through what the solution is. And then painting a picture of, okay, once once we've solved this, here's what life will look like on the other side. There is hope, you know, and this is what we're we're, you know, we try and take our t- our clients towards the, you know, the the ultimate end game. And When you can lay that out and describe it, even in general terms, it gives them such great confidence that you understand them and that you have a plan and that there there is hope for an outcome here. And I know you can't guarantee the outcome. There are too many variables for that. But if you can just paint the picture of this is what we want to work towards and let them know that it's going to be complicated, let them know that it's not an easy Process, maybe to go through, depending on the type of law that you're practicing. But giving them all of that upfront now creates for you a very educated client who now isn't going to be looking at you like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Why are we sitting here for three months and I haven't heard anything? You know, why isn't this moving? Well, that's sort of the way the law works sometimes. And you can do a lot of that educating. Right off the bat, in fact, was you. You graciously referred one of your clients, one of your coaching clients, to us, and we spoke yesterday. And that was one of the things that she said really she was looking forward to because she repeats herself a lot. You know, with when new clients come in, she really has to educate them on the process that they're about to go through, uh, both between what she's going to do with them and the court process and all of that. And she said, you know, if I if I just can get this book done then I can just hand that to them. And, and, you know, once they've scheduled the meeting, say here, this will take you an hour to read, please read it before our, our meeting. It will make the whole experience so much better for you because you'll know what we're talking about. You know,
0: People need time to absorb. I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people need time to absorb things. And so they may be listening to you in a meeting and they probably forget half of what you said. And if you give them that as a homework kind of thing, that's a great thing too. But it, it, the beautiful thing about a book too is shareability. They can also share that with people. I know I've gone through some things in my life, and I've had friends who've gone through similar things who shared books with me and said, Here, you need to read this book. This will help you. And those kinds of things I think are very, very powerful as well because you might not be able to tell a friend, let's say you're you have a friend who's you know combating some extra weight, and you may not be able to tell them, you know, hey, this might help you, you know, but if they ask you questions about something, you can say, here's a book that I read, right? I just had a conversation with my hairdresser yesterday. She was, we were talking about getting older, getting our fifties and some of the things we go through. And I was like, oh, you know, I have this great book. I recommend you read it. Right. And so it, that is what your clients too will do once they've gone through an experience. If people say, ask about their attorney, they'll say, well, here, like here's our book, you read it, you decide for yourself. And that way they're not You know, responsible for making a referral, they just, they just, they just gave you the book, right? Um, You were talking. Well, let's
1: talk about that for yeah. Let's let's dig into that a little bit because I think that's an important, uh, that's a really important point. Um, And one of the the reasons that I wrote Unstoppable Referrals was we had discovered that all the old advice for referrals in professional services basically didn't work. I mean, it, it worked, but nobody wanted to do it. The advice boils down to two things. We'll ask your clients for referrals every time you interact with them and make sure you follow up both with the client so that they follow through and refer and with anyone that they refer to you until they basically buy or die. Um, and the problem with that is for a lot of professionals, it makes you feel like a sleazy used car salesperson. And, for your clients, you know, it puts them in kind of an awkward position, particularly in professions where you're dealing with sensitive issues like law. Um, you know, we, we work with a lot of folks in, in financial services as well, and people don't want to talk about their money either or their retirement. Um, and if you think that no one will read a book about law, we wrote a book or, uh, about a year ago for one of our clients on life insurance, if I could life think of the most, topic. If, yeah, I mean, like the most boring topic on planet earth that you could possibly concoct would be a book about life insurance. Well, uh, I talked to our client a couple of days ago and they've just recently promoted it again. And they've done this, I don't know, a dozen times over the last year, probably um, they send out an email to the people that have you know asked for information from them saying, Hey, we have this new book on life insurance. Would you like a copy? And I think he said they got uh, about 50 people to respond and say, yeah, I want a copy. So they mail them the book and then they invite them to attend um, a webinar. They used to do in-person stuff before COVID where people would come to the office and meet with them in kind Mm. of a seminar setting and learn, you know? And so they had 37 people show up to a webinar who had requested the book. And then 37 of those people or excuse me, of the 37, I think 15, um, came in and made an appointment and and bought life insurance from a life insurance book. So when we start talking about the business development parts of this, the benefits of, of having a book, it makes every kind of business development that you do better. So if you're running ads, then in addition to running your straight Google ads or your Facebook ads you can run an ad for the book because anybody that requests a book about your area of law is likely dealing with a problem. So it's just right. one more way you can do it. And guess what? You're going to show up very differently than every other lawyer who is on that page with an ad.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's so powerful. Um, you were talking about people showing up up for, to, for this life insurance um, client. One of the things that I think also makes it such a powerful referral to tool is you can write a book that you you can share with your referrers. And I know some attorneys, like a lot of attorneys that I am, uh, that I've spoken with about it, you know, they, they have their, they have their ideal client, right? They have the person who comes in, maybe consumer or, not, or business, they may be B2B, you know, but also you can write a book for attorneys and who want to be educated on your practice area enough to be able to have an intelligent conversation, but then refer to you, right? Because sometimes you are, you may be in a practice or a practice area where your all of your business comes from attorney referrals, from people in other practice areas or some aspect of your practice area, but they handle one part, you handle another. And but they need that sort of education. So that they can have an intelligent conversation with a client so the client trusts them around that so they can refer to, right? So I think it's a great tool in many, many respects because I know some people are listening to this thinking, well, you know, I don't do consumer. You know, like my clients aren't your regular consumers like in family law or state planning. I'm in some offshoot of something. Um, and so my people referring me business are other professionals, so you can write like other attorneys or maybe financial professionals. So I imagine the life insurance person is passing out those books to financial advisors and other people to get them to share and their attorney who does estate planning to get you know sitting in their attorney's office for estate planning. It's a great thing where your referral sources can add value for their clients by just having a book there. So even if they don't hire you, they've added value and that makes them feel good. Make sure referral sources
1: feel good, right? About what they're doing. I'm sure you've well, got a well, lot of. It, it yeah. certainly, yeah, it certainly does that. And I mean, it, it gives your referral sources confidence because, again, they're referring to the person who wrote the book in that right. particular area. So, one of, again, one of our mutual clients who's just starting the book process with us now, that was her thought was, you know, she's in a very specialized area, she's got an appellate practice all of her business comes from other attorneys and she wants to create a book that sort of educates them on when a case is sort of ripe to move to her you know and what do they need to know about it? what are the issues? What are the, the things that they need to think about and and so there are lots of ways that you can use it and, and going back to what we talked about earlier and how how to figure out what goes in the book that's where we start with every every professional that we work with is sort of unpacking where your client's coming from who is the one that's influencing them coming to you is it the consumer is it another attorney is it a, an allied professional you know if you're a, a business attorney and doing a lot of business contract law Do you need to have a referral network that's full of CPAs? You know, what, what does that look like? And how can you arm them with something that makes them look good? Because if they, if they can go, you know, I've got the best attorney. It's not like any other attorney. She's the the woman that really wrote the book in this particular area. You've got to talk to her. I mean, that's the best referral ever. Now you're not just any other attorney that they happen to have a relationship with. They're referring you because your authority—you're the authority in that area—and uh, it's just very, very powerful.
0: Right, right, absolutely. So we only have a few minutes left, so I want to make sure that we get into and discuss the program that you have. You have a couple of different uh, programs, but there's one that's kind of new that you put together that you have. You've had several people go through it, but why say new no, within the past year? And uh, you put together a little special deal for my audience and my community and I wanted to be able to share that with them so they could have some help because I know I'm a professional writer with a degree in journalism. I have had byline articles. I've had, I've printed for newspapers and magazines. I've written, I've been an editor for associate, uh, for an affinity magazine. I've, you know, managed all kinds of things for the year around words and writing everything. But when it came to writing my book, The thing that I think that was a huge help for you, because like you, my first, it's not my first book. I've got other books that live in my Dropbox. Um, (laughs) But the thing that really helped me to get this book from idea to finished and ultimately published was that you have come up with a structure that makes writing it go much more smoothly and quickly. So in this new program, you actually help people use your structure and guide them through that process so they can get that book written within, what, 30 days? Don't you say?
1: Yeah, so the, the, the writing can be done in as little as 30 days. And so, again, we're not talking about writing the, you know, your magnum opus. These are short, consumable books. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've geared the process around writing 30 minutes a day, five days a week for about 30 days. And, um, and that will, that will get you uh, a book that is long enough to have an impact and long enough to get your message across. And if you want to do a little bit more, certainly you can, but um, certainly you can have it done in 30 days. Um, And uh, if you want a little bit longer, maybe it takes another week or two, but if you think about what most people go through in trying to write a book, when they try and do it by themselves, they might spend years. And the reason that they spend years is that that pesky blinking cursor is
0: it, <laughs> its haunting you. It's haunting you. <laughs>
1: it, it'll get you.
0: It'll take I, you I out. Said, I just want to throw this in because I think this is important. As somebody, like I said, so when you have been a professional writer your whole career, I've learned how to write in journalism style. When I learned how to write in journalism style and I started law school, it didn't work. Nobody told me that there was a certain methodology for legal writing that was different from journalism methodology, which is different from sales copy, actual copywriting, which is different from writing blogs. So now I've learned all these different styles. Writing a book is a different thing, too, because my temptation and the reason I struggle and have so many pieces and parts of books over a couple of years is because I wanted to sit down from the beginning and, you know, in the beginning... (laughs) davida created whatever and I wanted to just write sort of like straight through from beginning to end and that really is not the best method for writing like you really if you're writing a business book it there is a certain structure to writing a business book there's a methodology for writing a business book that is not uh that, right? That is not the same as writing an article for a newspaper or writing an academic article for a law review, or writing a brief for the court. Those are all different writing styles. And so that, to me, I think was the part that was so illuminating, was to sit, and also uh, gave me a lot of sense of relief, is because we went to, we sat together, and you're like, no, no, here's like the structure, let's get all this laid out. And then, and, and, and there's a lot of Making sure that you're asking and answering the right questions in there, not just putting everything that you know. And so I wanted to just point out that that's one of the great things that I got out of working with you in writing books. And then ultimately, the, the piece that was helpful too was sort of the publishing part of it, right? So in this program, I would, uh, we're going to share the link in the show notes for people who are interested in learning out, learning more details and scheduling conversation with you, but kind of give us just a quick sort of uh, explanation beyond the 30 days of writing sort of like what else is, is in that kind of program.
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, we actually work together for a total of about 90 days and, um, and that gives you enough time to, to write the book, um, get feedback from us all the way through. So it's a very interactive process. You know, we'll, we're going to help you structure the outline of the book and really think about what should go in it and, and help you build out a great outline um, and, and use a persuasive structure that we know is going to do a good job of taking a client on that transformative journey from the problem they have through your solution to where they want to be. And then as you're writing, you know, we've, we've got, we call it the, the, the never alone support system. Like you're never stuck. You're never by yourself. Um, and we've got uh, a system where you can submit a chapter. So, Hey, I've written a chapter or a part of a chapter. I'd love to get some feedback and you can do that every day. You can do it multiple times during the day if you want. Um, and we'll give you feedback and, you know, we do this all the time. So we're able to look at it and, you know, let you know, okay, well, because we're not experts in your area of law, we read it. And and as a kind of a neutral third party, yes, it's clear to us or no, it's really confusing. Let's work on clarifying. Here's what we think would improve it. Here's the part that didn't land. Having that kind of feedback will both speed you up. um, It will give you confidence and it'll result in a better book at the end of the day. Um, And then once you get the writing done, um, then Uh, our team will come in and design a bookstore quality cover for you. So we have a full graphic design team that'll do that. You have a a completely custom cover high enough quality that you would, you know, you might see it on the shelves in, in you know, Barnes and Noble or someplace like that. And, um, and we'll help you lay out the interior of the book. And those are places where most people get a little bit stuck. We'll walk you through the publishing process and you can get it, it published and, and, uh, you know, and have it available for sale on Amazon if you want to go that route, uh, or have it available on your website. So we'll we'll walk you through those those steps, and most importantly, we're going to help you create uh, two plans for promoting the book. One is a launch plan because we want you to get really quick results, and the other is your ongoing marketing plan and how you're going to integrate the book into the other business development that you're doing. And so if you are doing things like advertising and those sorts of things, we'll show you how to use the book to enhance those. And if you're really not doing much right now, sometimes you know we talk to professionals who they're at a point where they know they really need to be doing some business development. Well, in those cases, we'll show you how to begin using the book to really ramp up your referrals. And for probably about 80% of our clients just implementing the referral strategy gets them to a point where their practice and their pipeline is full and that's all they ever need to do. And they don't have to worry about things like advertising.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. I I love it. I love it. As you know, I love it because I've, I've written two books with you and uh, we've got a third one coming down the pipeline. So um, I am definitely a, a testimony for you for that, because for me it in it, even above and beyond the, the experience of people reading it and referrals and all those kinds of things, just the idea, just the helping me get my thoughts and philosophies down in a way that helps it makes it easier for me to explain it. When I now go on a podcast, you know, I'm really dialed in on and, and other people are very clear on where I'm coming from and what I'm doing. It's an incredible uh, credibility piece as well. Just having a book that you've written because now I'm not just a writer or a copywriter. I'm an author. And that really is a just like being a lawyer. You know, when you say you're a lawyer, you get instant credibility. And when you say you're an author, you get instant credibility in a different way. Right. So I can't recommend it highly enough. We do need to end. Steve, I know you and I will probably have many more conversations about this topic. But I thank you so much for being here today and sharing. We are going to share in the show notes um, how you guys can connect with Steve and find out more about this program and thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: This has been fun. Thanks for having me and uh, love the conversation. So keep going with the podcast. You're doing great stuff.
0: Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the wealthy woman lawyer podcast. If you have, we invite you to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. The more five-star reviews we have, the more women law firm owners will be able to positively impact. Your thoughts and opinions are so important to us. If you are a woman law firm owner who wants to scale your law firm to a million dollars or more in gross annual revenue and do it in a way that's sustainable and feels good to you, then we invite you to join us in the Wealthy Woman Lawyer League. The League is a community of highly intelligent, goal-oriented and driven women law firm owners who are excited to support one another on their journeys to becoming wealthy women lawyers. We'll be sharing so much in the league in the coming year, including the exclusive million dollar law firm framework that until now, I've only shared with my private one-to-one clients. For more information and to join us, go now to www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash league. That's www.wealthywomanlawyer.com league. League is spelled L-E-A-G-U-E. We look forward to seeing you soon in the league.